son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Welcome to the Pants Cast, brought to you by Lululemon, a show about all things pants. My guest is Matt James, former NCAA player and Lululemon ABC pant enthusiast. Hi, great to be here. Matt, tell us all about those ABC pants. The comfort? They're like the pants I put on when I don't want to wear pants. Versatility? You could wear these pants to a wedding, but you could also wear these to a cookout. And what about style? They're like if casual and cool had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com. This, 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 Fight Disciples. We are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. And now, this fight is three rounds in the UFC Walter Waite Division. Introducing first. Fighting out of the blue corner, a mixed martial artist holding an undefeated professional record. 19 wins, no losses, one no contest. He stands 5 feet 11 inches tall, weighing in at 171 pounds. Fighting out of Heartland, Wisconsin, presenting the number five ranked welterweight contender in the world, Ben Fucking A boxer, holding a professional record, 33 wins, 13 losses. He stands, 5 feet 11 inches tall, weighing in at 170 and one half pounds. Fighting out of Miami, Florida, presenting the number four ranked welterweight contender in the world, Jorge Gabriel Mosby-Ball. And when the action begins, our referee in charge, Jason Herzog. You listen to TalkSport Fight Night Live UFC special, UFC 239, coming to you from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. I'm Adam Catterall, Nick Pete and Brad Pickett alongside me. This is the one this that we have been waiting for. <laughs> we are giddy as kids in a sweet shop. Masvidal looking relaxed, leaning against the octagon before the fight starts. Here we go. And straight out! Mimicking what has just wow. happened to Ben Askren. I'm a little bit concerned to see where Ben Askren is at this moment in time. There's no cameras on him in order to give us a little bit of a look on our monitor to see if he's okay, to see if he's up. That was unbelievable. Sweet baby Jesus and the orphans. 
That was us doing a wee bit of live commentary at the weekend on National British Radio. He dead, man. He dead. Straight up murder. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Uh, welcome to episode 312 of the Fight Disciples podcast. We know that you're listening to this first. This is why we're recording this first. We're recording everything in backwards order. Normally we do the boxing show first, but we thought we couldn't miss the energy that was currently flying around our studio to get stuck into the MMA show. This one dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts and UFC 239 in particular. You can subscribe via iTunes. Please do so. And it's at Fight Disciples on all social medias bar Instagram at The Fight Disciples uh, on that Instagram channel. Please go to our Twitter feed if you want to see the pictures of what you have just heard uh, being accompanied by that audio. Mate. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <Woo-hoo! laughs> <laughs> you went full Ric Flair then, didn't you? <laughs> it was uh, it was fucking mental, wasn't it? Absolutely mental. What a moment. What a moment. And the fact that they've released subsequent footage now of them rehearsing it the day before. Oh that exact man. move. Sprint, flying knee. Sprint, flying knee. Makes perfect sense. Now, in the immediate aftermath, you go, well, of course. Fly at him. What does Ben Askren do? He's not. He's not. He hasn't. He hasn't got the footwork to step out the way. He hasn't got the the fight, the the striking ability to counter or slip it or whatever. He's going to go. Shit, guys, running at me. Where's his leg? That's it. He's going to go revert to type. What wrestlers do? And he gambled on it. And Gamebred absolutely fed him that right knee. And as soon as that knee landed, it's a kind of a travesty that it's been recorded as a five-second KO. No, because that knee two, landed on two seconds. It's about two. Yeah, that was a two-second knockout. Unreal. Unreal. Just before we do wax a bit more lyrical about it, let's not get away from the fact that Ben Askren is healthy. He's all right. He is alive. Yeah. He's not, you know. And he's tweeting. And he's, he's, in, tweeting, he's yeah. enjoying the crack. Well, I say he's enjoying the crack. He's probably not enjoying the crack, but he's embracing the crack. And fair play to him for doing that. Because at the end of the day, if you're going to talk the talk, you've got to walk the walk. Yes, exactly. If you dish it out, you've got to take it. And he's doing that. But Jorge Masvidal. Fuck me. He is slaying the welterweight division. It's crazy. Two back-to-back. Stellar, ice cold. highlight reel, mm. ice cold knockouts. Yeah, unreal. Absolutely unreal. Get that man a title shot. I don't give a shit what else is going on in this division right now. Yeah. Get him in. He is hot property right now. The hottest property probably in the welterweight division. Everybody's talking about him. Nobody's talking about anybody else. Nope. Nobody goes like that when Colby Covington fights. Nobody goes like that when Usman fighting. Nobody's doing that at this moment in time, bar him. Get him in the mix. He has got this momentum, this wave of fan support. Every, he's everybody's favourite fighter right now, isn't he? I mean, look at the dude. He carries himself throughout the course of the week. We've seen plenty of interviews with him where he's a sound guy. Yep. But if you've pissed him off, that's it. You're dead to him. Well, that was the best thing about the post-fight interview. This post-fight interview, you know, the, the, the journalists immediately afterwards were like, you know, you must be... Are you a little bit, you know, uh, regressing now? Your celebration, you know, rubbers not... And he was like, I'm a fuck. Nah. I'm a fuck, he spoke shit about me. And then the point he made was magnificent where he was like, oh, wait a minute, why am I getting shit for the way I celebrated? And the fact that I kept punching him in the face. And he says, if the referee hadn't punched me off, pushed me off, I'd have kept punching him in the face. <laughs> Just ice cold. And he was like, oh, wait a minute. So you can talk shit about someone's wife and their mother and their religion and their race and all that shit. And then when you get knocked out by that person, that person takes the piss out of you and, and rubs it in your face. That's bad. Wait a minute. Something's right, and I agree with him. Yeah. If you're gonna if you're gonna talk the type of shit Conor McGregor does or Ben Askren does, and then 
get disappointed when that fighter gets fucking the piss taken out of him when he's lying catatonic on the floor, then more the fool you, mate. You deserve everything you get, as you say. If you can't walk, the, if you don't talk the talk, then walk the walk. All that bullshit. Man, it was it was fucking cold. And you're right. He's basically Carlos Condit was like my favorite fighter for yeah. about about five or six years. Yeah. And you know the moment he became my favorite fighter. When he iced one of my friends, yeah, yeah. when he iced Dan Hardy, I was a massive Dan Hardy fan. I was in London, I'm, I'm cage side, and they both throw a left hook, and Con- Carlos Condit lands, Dan doesn't land as flush, Dan's out in the centre of the octagon. And that moment, I'm like, I'm a Carlos Condit fan. <laughs> We've done the same thing with I'm like Till. fucking Don King. And I kind of like that with Till. Obviously, Till's still my boy, he's still fucking a good friend of mine. But that moment, I'm like, oh shit, how can I not be a Jorge Masvidal fan now after what he's just done? That was fucking unbelievably impressive. And then he goes and does that on Saturday night and I'm just like, oh shit. If 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 Jorge Masvidal is not the most popular fighter in the UFC right now, I'll fucking eat my own hat. You're, you're on hat? I'll eat my own hat. Mate, he was it's sensational. Everything about him is sensational. It's impossible not to love him. Sensational uh, knockout at the, uh, the weekend. The fastest. It's recorded at five seconds. We know it was quicker. Yeah. But the fastest in UFC history. My days. Amazing. And that, do you know something? That was the best moment. There's no question about that. That was the best moment. But it's not the only moment. No, was the fuck? Because he, that followed up Luke Rocco getting absolutely iced out. Oh, wow. Rocco, old man. We were talking last week, weren't we? And we were talking on, on Saturday night during the show. About how he's changed camps, how he's had to get over these injuries, how he'll have to reinvent himself. I even had Danny Roberts on our big interview show last week, and Dan was talking about the fact that he's now training with Henry Hooft, and you know he practically he's been there for his for his last camp, but only half. But for this camp, he's been there full time, and 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 but he hadn't seen Rockhold necessarily train, and because the the camps didn't overlap, and he was like, I don't know, like what they've been working on or any shit like that. Quite evidently, they haven't been working on much yeah. because Rockhold's still Rockhold. He still throws that left hook with his uh, that uh, step back left hook with his chin in the air. Mm. And all all Bochevich's team had to do was do a bit of homework on him, get up close, and when he know that in an exchange, throw that left hook because his chin's up. Mate, his time's done. His time's done. I know we don't normally jump on the bandwagon of going. Listen, a fighter needs to call time on on their career, but. It don't look right. He's he's had too many injuries. I mean, if I'd have known that he was going to wear a sock, I'd have sent him some more hookers. That's what I'd have sent him exactly. for, his, for his shin. He's obviously wary of that shin where he's had surgery on there and there's a shitload of stitches in there. Yeah. And kick when, it. Yeah. <laughs> so if you go in there with a, a a known injury and then you get in the cage and you've got it strapped up Put a or some kind on of strapping, mate, you may as well just have a neon sign go and kick me there. Yeah. Because, you know, fight's a fight at the end of the day. You're not going to go, wait a minute. I know you got a bad leg there, mate, so I'm not going to kick that. Fuck that. And the double your money bonuses on the line and fucking pay-per-view bonuses and all that. Mate, that's a target. Mm. Kick a hole in it. And to be fair, Blachowicz didn't necessarily pick on that leg. He didn't have to because you could tell their game plan was, mate, in an exchange, just let one go. Especially on the break. You know where his chin... That's what I mean. In an exchange, on the break, you know, he'll throw a left hook as he steps away. And as he does that, mate, all you've got to do is throw, throw it, your own. He, he threw it a couple of times, didn't he? And just missed it, missed his whiskers, you know, on, on a couple of occasions. So it was no surprise whatsoever that on that break, just the way that it twisted and bang right on the fucking money. And he was out. He was out, stood up. Yep. Unbelievable shot from Jan Blakovic. Listen, that's the first time Rockhold's lost two in his career. He's lost two back-to-back fights. He's only, yeah, he's only 34. Listen, you he's made, still you a made, name in the no, sport. I, I find it hard to push him into retirement. Stop. However, 
stop, right? You made some great points in, in commentary about whether he's a fighter or whether he's an athlete trying to be a fighter. And yeah. that that is perfect. It's a perfect assessment of him because the guy doesn't need a fight. As you, again, throughout all of Saturday night, pointing out all his other business interests, the guy's a model for Ralph Lauren. I've noticed that you're wearing some Ralph Lauren today. Did Luke send it to you? Luke sent That's why I'm defending Luke Rockhold right here right now. Right. So he's out there modelling. He's a good-looking boy. He's earning some proper cash. It's not like he could be a model for Ralph Lauren. He is a model for Ralph Lauren. That's what he is. (laughs) And they, they don't pay pennies for that. They pay him well. So he has absolutely no need whatsoever to get in the octagon and fight if he didn't want to. And you look at Masvidal, for example, right? He's from the street, man. Yeah, man. He's from someone's backyard. Fighting in boatyards in Miami. Exactly. He's fighting on YouTube, mate, for pennies. Sorry, can we stop calling him Masvidal? Why? Because I've seen the most. I've seen the title at the weekend. Just someone and christened them the Cuban Jesus. The Cuban Jesus. And I think that's perfect. Or oh, the Street Jesus street was the Jesus. other one I'd seen. Yeah, as yeah. Well, I yeah. think he. Cre- I think that were himself. I think he, he put it on himself. His own. Street Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So Street Jesus, right? <laughs> he he would fight anyway. It doesn't matter where it is. He would fight. He, the thing with Masvidal is, if MMA didn't exist, he'd still be fighting. He'd still be fighting. He'd still be fighting in boatyards in Miami, or he'd be boxing, or he'd be doing something because he's got to fight. He's a fighter. He was born to fight. It's in his DNA, and this is something. Once, once we get a few squid, I'm going to do this documentary one day. But it's in his DNA. He's, gene- he's got genetic makeup that makes him a fighter. And so many of our guests, so many of the people we talk about do. But there's also a subcategory of professional prize fighters that aren't. And I, 100% Luke Rockhold is in that pot. Yeah, Luke Rockhold isn't genetically made to be a fighter. It's well, he- not in his DNA. He's an athlete. Yeah, 100% he's an athlete. Could have been a surfer, could have been a skateboarder. I think his brother actually is a pro surfer. He is the SoCal dream. He is that fucking stereotypical so, uh, Southern California dream boy. He made the decision to become a fighter, and he's been a fucking brilliant fighter, former UFC champion. At one point, looked like the best middleweight uh, we, we could have seen in a long time. But he also always comes from a, a gym notorious for bodies that break down, a.k.a. Look at Cain Velasquez, fucking DC's always been hampered, you know. It, it's amazing. Well, even Khabib suffered tons of injuries. They must they just train hard there, that's just the way it is. It's that wrestling fucking that wrestling just smashes your body to bits. And that's what they're specialists in. So mm. it, it, the longevity's never there from those guys. But he's he has survived you know, he's become a, a world champion based on the fact that he's got athleticism and ability and determination. But in that moment when it's about biting on your gum shield, when psychologically you need to reinvent yourself because you've been starched, in that moment, like Michael Bispin did. Bispin's ruined him. Bisp- yeah, exactly. That ruined him. But, but Dan Henderson could have ruined Bispin. Yeah. But Bispin's a fighter. Bispin's not an athlete. He's a fighter who has to try and be an athlete, tries to be fit. Yeah. You know, if Bispin didn't have MMA, he'd be working the door somewhere about fucking 200, £250. I, I promise you that. He'd be, out of, he'd be a big fat fella out of shape that loves a fight probably in and out of jail. Because he's a fighter. But that's the difference. Luke Rockhold isn't a fighter. So when you get iced the way he did against Bisping, suddenly that ego, your ego can't take it. Your, your, your personality is like, oh, fuck. You've got to... To come back from something like that takes a special kind of mentality. And unfortunately, I just don't think Luke Rockhold... And he's not the only one. Look at Ronda Rousey. Yeah. And listen, for all the Olympic medals and all that, judo ain't fighting. Judo's a martial art. It's not a fight. And she was never able to reinvent herself either. There's so many of them that are athletes trying to be fighters. And I think ultimately, that's why I personally, he's 34, so it's hard for me to say retire, but it's going to be tough watching Luke Rockwell well, fight retiring, at this level. He's going to go and do something else. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's not yeah. retirement. No, I mean, from competition, though. 
Yeah, like we, we had Brad Pickett with us on Saturday night, and and Brad fuck, Brad can't give it up. Brad wants to keep fighting. Well, he had a bare knuckle, knuckle shit like yeah, that. Bare knuckle crack, didn't he? But again, Brad's a fighter. You know, when we were on comms on Saturday, you must have asked him about three times, "What would you do here in this fight, then, Brad?" And it doesn't matter who the fighter was, the style, the technique. He went bite down on my gum shield and let me hands go. <laughs> <laughs> Is he a fighter? Every time. Yeah, that's who Brad is. What would you do to turn this fighter on? I just get stuck in. Yeah. <laughs> that's his makeup. You know what I mean? That's just the way Brad is. So I, I think the difference here, though, I've got is it's it's hard to say Holly Holm's not a fighter because she's fucking done everything in boxing, kickboxing, MMA. You know, she's trained basically a whole life from, from starting boxer size with Mike Winklejohn all them years ago to suddenly becoming a world champion boxer. With Mike Winkle, John, by the way, who's a kickboxing coach, who's an MMA coach, that just shows how probably weak women's boxing was at the time, but also the tenacity of Holly Holm. And then she's made the transition over to a, a sport probably more favourable to her skill set. But she is a fighter. The difference with Holly Holm is she's 38 next birthday. Yeah. She's 38 this year. Yeah. In October, I think it was. I don't want to see Holly Holm get hit like that. Now, maybe that's me being sexist, maybe because she's a woman, and I've seen her get knocked out a few times, but at this stage of her life... Maybe she wants to go and be a mother. Maybe she wants to go and do something else. Do you know what I mean? So I, I would be more keen to push Holly Hum out the door than it would be for Luke Rockhold. Yeah, oh, mate. yeah Dana White. I've seen Dana White going, Luke Rockhold's got to hang him up. That's it now. Yeah. But only Luke Rockhold can make that decision. Of course he can, yeah. And I'm, do you know something? You brought up Holly Holm's name then. I'm on, I'm on board with both of them calling it a day. Both of them have been world champ. There's, there's yeah. nothing left to prove. Holly's legacy is assured. Absolutely. I mean, the Ronda Rousey thing itself is absolutely so, so going to go down in four. In 10 years' time, when Holly Holm is in conversation, yeah. it won't be because she got beat by Cyborg or beat by Nunes. Or no. It will be. She's the kid. She that, was the girl that went to Australia and iced Ronda Rousey. That's it. Oh, show us that hike. Already, it's done. That's her legacy. That's her logo. But unfortunately, now I don't know whether this is a British thing. Maybe some of our American listeners can can, can tell me different. Luke Rockhold's legacy is getting nice by Bispin at yes, two weeks' notice. Yes, it is. That's it. And can he live with that? I don't think he can. I don't think he's he's happy to live with that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on the uh, Holly Holm, uh, Amanda Nunes fight, and I'm going to compare Nunes now to John Jones because I was incredibly disappointed with John Jones. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to have a proper rant about him a little bit later on in the show. Mm-hmm. If you're going to class yourself as the goat, and he doesn't class himself as the goat, he refers to Anderson Silva as the goat. But a lot of Br- a lot of I do media all around the world I do. would say that he is the greatest. Yeah. And that rhetoric now is starting to come into Amanda Nunes, the goat, the greatest woman uh, mixed martial arts of all time. And my, there's only one fighter at the weekend acting like the greatest of all time. Yes. Only one. And it was Amanda Nunes. A little bit cagey early doors, a little bit of a feeling out process, but when the opportunity struck, she she processed all the data of what Holly Holm was doing. As soon as Holly Holm threw that front kick, bang, in went the head kick, knocked her off balance. It didn't hurt her. It knocked her off balance. Yeah. And then the punch on the deck was brutal. Savagery. Yeah. Sensational stuff. She is, without doubt, people will say Cyborg, people will say Rousey, people will, might even say Holly Holm. No. Amanda Noonan is the best female that has ever been in the octagon. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. It's impossible to, to come away from that. And she did what John Jones used to do. She's not known for yeah. her head kicks. She's not known for head kick knockouts. But Holly Holm is. So what does she do? She beats her at her own game. And she even made reference to that in the aftermath as well. She went, yeah, I've been working on that. I really wanted to beat her doing what she's famous for. That's John Jones shit. That's goat shit. No, no, no. That was John Jones yeah, shit. Yeah, true. Because I don't think he's got it anymore. 
No, it, it's hard to say he has because his last two performances have been flat. Now, I know you can say, and for me, Anthony Smith and Thiago Santos were happy to do the rounds. Were they? I think so, yeah. Thiago Santos never committed to that fight. Well, Put, stepping forward once around and throwing five and six combinations, which five punch combinations, which are largely missing, that's not trying to win the title for me. You see, we see that's this, not rolling the dice. We during commentary, we saw the fight very differently, didn't we? And Brad was more in line to the way that you were thinking. I was not surprised whatsoever that that was a split decision. I'm not surprised that a judge octagon side saw that in yeah. favour of Thiago Santos. First round, he wins the round. You're right in what you're saying. Did he go and steal, attempt to steal it? Did he attempt to really enforce himself on the fight to say, I'm the fucking man? No, no, he didn't, right? It was very cagey. It was a chess match. But every time Jones, who was controlling the pace, yeah. who was the person moving forward quite a lot, Santos did fire back. He fired back every single time. Jones, if you remember a couple of weeks ago when we were doing our boxing show, we spoke about Kid Galahad, didn't we? And when he fought uh, Josh Warrington, he did a lot of things right. A mm-hmm. lot of things right. And the perfect analogy of that fight was that he laid the table and never sat down to eat. True. Jones did that. Jones laid the table at the weekend. It was it was his fight. If he wanted to take him out, he could have took him out. He didn't do it. So in the first round, Brad put it in a way where he was trying to figure out his opponent, process that data, and he was going to come out second round and do the business, right? Yeah. So I could I could see that. No question about it. But Santos won that because he landed more, he threw more. Yeah, I give him the first round. And he won that first Santos round. Santos won the first round. The okay. second round is the most contentious round of the whole fight for me. Because it was the same round. It was kind of the same as the first round, but Jones did a little bit more. Yeah. Now, you gave that to Jones, and I gave that back to Santos. Yeah. So I had Santos two up at that point, and you had it one apiece. Yeah. Third round, fourth round, Jones, no question. Yeah. Right? And the reason why it's but, Jones, no question. But even no question, they're not fucking, they're nowhere near 10, 8 rounds. Well, this is what I'm saying. The reason why they're no question is because Santos didn't do anything. No. If Santos would have done exactly what he did in the first round, he'd have won those rounds because Jones wasn't doing anything major. But in three and four, though, Jones, if you watch it, Jones was closer to him. He was that half a step closer. But it, so it, Santos was, it was all faint. He was burning so much energy doing but, nothing. But, was but he then doing Jones anything? wasn't doing anything. Exactly either. that. Fifth round, we were like going, what's going to happen here? Because it could be two apiece. It could be three, one Jones. Yeah. Santos comes out and he starts swinging and he starts throwing around and he starts landing. Yeah, it's on the gloves. Yeah, it's on the elbows and all that type of stuff. But he's the one that is actually trying to win the fight. Trying to win the fight at that point. Or so trying that, to earn something. Yeah, yeah. So I had it two two going into that fifth. I gave that fifth round to Santos. So therefore, I can understand the split decision. Listen, it's not a shoe, and I'm not saying he's been robbed or anything no. like that because I can see the way that it went in, from your eyes and from Brad's eyes. But Jones, for me, the Jones that burst onto the scene, 22, 23, 24 years of age, that was slaying all them icons. He'd have took that fight out of the weekend. Yes. He'd have took Smith out as well. And he'd have probably done Gus earlier as well. I think yeah. he carried Gus for a bit of that fight. He did. So I've been really disappointed. Since he's come back from this latest drugs ban, the three fights that we've seen of John Jones, he's a shadow of his of his former self. Absolute shadow of his former self. And Santos will probably be kicking himself today thinking, if I'd have fucking bit down and gone for it, you never know. Yeah, he'll he, have a lot of questions still was in just, his head. He was just very predictable, Santos. That's the only problem. He was very predictable. His only burst forward really were those five and six punch combinations, most of which fell fell short. He didn't try anything else. But in reference to that as well, I agree with John Jones. I think he's massively disappointing at the moment. I think that's two performances against guys who are substandard to where we put John Jones on a pedestal. And he said afterwards, he was like, you know, why didn't you take him down? Why didn't you fucking wrestle him, get him on his back and fucking and grind him out? And he was like, well, I, you know, I thought I was winning the round, so I was quite happy to beat a kickboxer or a Mai Tai, a black belt Mai Tai guy. 
By the way, there's no such thing as a black belt in Mai Tai. Uh, Nobody gives a shit about that. Exactly. Nobody gives a shit. Where's the moment? Where's the viral moments? Where's the Jorge Masvidal? Where's the Amanda Nunes? Where's the Jan Blachowicz moments that makes you go viral, that makes everyone go, this is the fucking guy? And I, listen, if we're frustrated, imagine a conversation Dana White's having, maybe not necessarily with John Jones, but with John Jones' management team and his, and his corner team going, I don't want our supposed pay-per-view driver, our biggest star, to fight in third gear. Boring. To eke out rounds. It's boring. I mean, listen, people, one of the, one of the biggest compliments that people pay us here at Fight Disciples, right, is that I weren't really a mixed martial arts fan, but I listened to your boxing show. I like the crack, so I thought I'd give your mixed martial arts show a bit of a go. Yeah. So you come over here, it's the same crack, but it's just different topics, yeah. okay? And we're talking about different fighters. And we're fucking most soccer than the shit out of John Jones. Right. They're so saying, he's the guy, this is the guy, right. wait until you see this guy. Exactly, right? So if you've only just come to us over the last year, I mean, to be fair, he's been banned for the majority of the time that we've actually been going, right? But if you've only just come to us and you've not seen early John Jones and, you, and you've heard us wittering on about him, You've gone, all right, well, the lads have said, and they're normally right, you know what I mean? They've been telling us about Tia Fimo, they've been telling us about X, yeah. Y, and Z. Tell me to watch it, I've just seen right. three amazing knockouts. There we go. And now this guy's the best, so I fucking can't wait for exactly this. Exactly that. So then you tune into me, you're going, fucking hell, I've watched three of his fights now this year, and every single one of them's been a bit of a snooze fest. <laughs> greatest of all time? He ain't the greatest of all time. I'm sorry, but it's it's hard to stick that mantra on him, because yeah. Sil- Anderson Silver always brought it. He always brought you at the entertainment factor, didn't he? Well, there's only once or twice he didn't, but yeah, more often than not, he, he always had that. The thing with Anderson Silva was, even the, even the fights that were, were boring at times, he always threw outlandish shit. Yes. He always had that order about him where like, you thought, oh, fucking hell, anything could happen Even when here. he got chinned, it was brilliant. And he would carry people or whatever it was. Whereas John Jones then, it felt like, kind of like he did against Anthony Smith, when you're midway through round three, you knew we're going a distance here. Jones you know is it, doing nothing. Do you know what it feels like? It feels like Money Mayweather. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Going from, yeah, pretty, shout. from pretty Boy Floyd yeah. to Money Mayweather. That's what it feels like right now. And I'm like, mate, come on, man. This is mixed martial arts. It's different to boxing. You've got yeah. to give us, you've got to give us, wow. We need that explosive fact because it's still growing. The sport's still growing and we still need to bring eyeballs in. He's gone from Johnny Bones Jones to Bo- Johnny Boar Jones, hasn't he? Mm. Who just who just cares about winning and extending that legacy? Fuck that! And, and no one gives a fuck. This is MMA. It's not boxing. No one cares about your undefeated record. I said it on the comms, didn't I? Afterwards, I was like, maybe we should have really wanted Tiago. If Tiago Santos had won, then the rematch we got the old John Jones, maybe because he'd have been like, fuck this. And he, I swear, and and Brad even mentioned it. John Jones could ice Tiago Santos in one round because what he would do is. <laughs> He would use that range, have Thiago Santos fucking nervous, twitching away. He would he would fake a high kick, get a double leg, put him on his back and rein in elbows. John why, Jones could do that why in a minute. He, why did he not then? Because he's trying to he's trying to out outstrike a fucking fantasy black belt white tie guy. He's trying to be a clever fucker. There's no need to be clever. Exactly. Just be brutal. Just, exa- just, be, just Nunes. be Nunes. Be Nunes. That's what she's doing. Or listen, I fucking how many times how many times over the years have I beat up on Demetrius Johnson? For being a guy that fucking you know right. dominates the division, this is boring. A good good comparison, this, though. and yet he beat the shit out of the guys, beat the shit out of people, and then he even got in one of his fights. He got a, a submission in the last minute, in the last second of the final round. Yeah, he was always looking for the finish. Yeah. as much shit as I give him, agree. He tried to finish people in spectacular fashion. John Jones is carrying people and eking out points decisions. I'm so disappointed. I was so disappointed on Friday, on, on Saturday night, early hours Sunday morning, because I'm like. You're better than that. You're way better than that. What are you doing? 
What are you doing? I, I appreciate the fact you want to outstrike a, a, tie, you know, a, a guy who's at his own game and you're doing that. Or, or Well, actually, you actually didn't think he was doing that. A lot of people didn't think he was. But you know when it gets to round four or five, you've proved your point. Yeah. You've proved your point. You believe you've won every round anyway. Get on with now, it. Now, finish him. Go, okay. I don't think I'm, I'm... Well, John Jones never had the ambition to knock Thiago Santos out. So in the last round, he could have gone, right, well, I'll bring it into my world now and I'll get the finish just to rubber stamp it. And then I can go, I beat him at his game for four rounds. The knockout wasn't there because he wasn't engaging. So I took him into my world and finished him. Boom. And we're all going, yes, sir, you That's are the greatest. the greatest. That's why you're the greatest. Instead, he goes to a point decision. And listen, I want Jones, John Jones's legacy as tarnished as it is because of what goes on outside the octagon. I want it to remain because I want to, when I'm, in fucking 20, 30, 40 years time, you you've seen when the next thing. generation come through and they're going, oh, this guy here, fucking Billy Fred Smith from Hawaii, he's the greatest. And I'll be like, mate, come on, I lived in the John Jones era. Are you fucking kidding me? Go back and do your homework. And I'm running out of videotapes. You, you want to turn into Colin Hart? Yeah, Is that what you want to do? Exactly, Every time yeah, I yeah. tell him that boxing's booming at this moment in time, he goes, go and listen to fucking Muhammad Ali. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You want it to be, John Jones is my era. He's my era's goat. You know what I mean? George St. Pierre did this. George St. Pierre's legacy was tarnished because so many fights went the distance mm. and he became almost one-dimensional. He was unbelievable at taking you down and he would tie you up on the ground and he would boring stay to busy. Watch, though, a lot of it. But it was boring. John Jones didn't have that. That's why John Jones took over the mantle. While GSP was defining his legacy by grinding out point wins, mm. John Jones was starching icons. So that's why, why this is the guy. He's a fucking young... But he's, he's, he's not the same John Jones. He's no longer Johnny Bones Jones. He's Johnny Bo Jones. That's just a fact. Mm. But on the Nunes thing, she most certainly isn't. And now we're in a real, we've got a real problem, mate, right? Who the fuck does she go and fight? This is, the, yeah, this is the issue. And right now, after that performance, and you know I always go off, I'm fickle as fuck, so I rape people as they fight. For, for me right now, Amanda Nunes is pound for pound number one. <laughs> Male or female. Listen, I'm not laughing because of what you just said. I'm just laughing at how fickle you are because she was number three on Saturday night and now she's number one she's in number the space one. of two days. She's number one? <laughs> Even though no, me previous, the, the, the other ones previous number fought. one, number two, haven't fought. Yeah, yeah. But she's my, she's number one now. All right, okay. Just purely because... But she, it's going to be hard for her to stay as number one because she hasn't got the fighters around her, the challengers. Now... Unlike, the kind of like Demetrius Johnson. She could fight Shevchenko again. She's beaten Shevchenko yeah, twice, as much as I'm a, the world's biggest Shevchenko fan. Okay, the second fight was close. It was a split decision. But Shevchenko's still... She's not a bantamweight. No, she's she's not. naturally a strawweight. She's moving up to fight... A flyweight, sorry. She's moving up. To the, it's advantage Amanda Nunes. Mm-hmm. Amanda Nunes went up to featherweight. Advantage Chris Cyborg. Starches Chris Cyborg. Just done the same to Holly Holm. The problem with Amanda Nunes is there's no talent field there for it to beat. She's going to have to try and just... And it's kind of similar with John Jones, but at least John Jones now, and this is the only positive about John Jones, he was he was playing it down all week, but in the aftermath of the performance on Saturday night against Thiago Santos, it was put to him again about going to heavyweight, and he accepted, and he went, yes, I'll go to heavyweight and I'll fight the winner of DC versus Stipe Miocic. And he's right. And you know what? Brad mentioned it. Maybe that's what he needs. He needs that fear factor. Oh, I'm fighting Anthony Smith, blowing up middleweight. Oh, I'm fighting Thiago Santos, blowing up middleweight, nowhere near my skill set. Okay, well, I'll just fucking pick holes in him. Go up against DC, go up against Stipe, where he's given away all that natural size, that strength. It, we may well see the the old John Jones come back because the fear factor of, fuck, this heavyweight could fuck me up. Yeah. That's when we might get I'm the I'm taking him out John before Jones. he takes me Absolutely. out. Absolutely. 
Yes. That's what we need. That's we need 100% that. what we need. Yeah. Just a quick one, because you made a great point on social media yesterday that you hope that this didn't actually get diluted and forgotten about. Arnold Allen's performance. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> because obviously we're going crazy about the the main card. Michael Chiesa, by the way, listen, it wasn't the most entertaining of fights. It was a masterclass in uh, defensive Brazilian jiu-jitsu on the deck against De- Diego Sanchez. From Diego, yeah. Diego was in survival mode for yeah, three he was. rounds. Like, Chiesa was just too fucking big for him. But the fight just before that, if you saw it on the free-to-air stuff, then absolutely sensational from Arnold Allen yep. against Gil Melendez. He was punch perfect, mate. It was brilliant to watch at times. Won every round, done what he needed to do. Gil Melendez, of course, hasn't got the best UFC record, but one of the original Scrap Pack members, beloved in this sport, a huge name in the sport. And uh, young Arnold Allen absolutely took him apart. Brilliant. And I just hope he gets a ranked guy now. He deserves mm. a ranked guy. Listen, there's fights this weekend and there's news. But before we get to any of that, we've got to talk pay-per-view. Oh, 100% we've got to talk pay-per-view, yeah. Now, because let's just fucking... Sing it loud and sing it proud. Before we talk about the pay-per-view itself, yeah, it baffled me why everyone went nuts on Saturday night because for a year we've been telling you it's happening. But, you know, anyway, whatever. But in terms of pay-per-view, let me just make it clear because, and I want to get into this in a second, it it gets fucking messed up because on the broadcast they're posting shit going, here's the next pay-per-views, and it's like 240, 241, 242, 243. Mm. No, that's the American TV. The next pay-per-view for the British market. And listen, BT Sport may change their mind. I don't know. Fans are, you know, with this boycott thing, they were hoping the numbers are going to be so bad, BT might go back on the way. I don't know. All I know right now is there's only one more pay-per-view that is on the table for BT this year, and that is Abu Dhabi, the Khabib Dustin Poirier main event. That's the only one that's at the moment yes. on the table. So everything else, you'll get normal, yes. as you used to get it as part of your normal BT, BT sport. sport thing, right? Yeah. People going crazy. I'm cancelling my BT. I'm cancelling this. I'm cancelling that because I've got to pay for all these pay-per-views now. You don't. No. The only one they're even considering is Khabib. It may... That is might likely. change. That's what I mean. It's likely, but yeah. that might change, as I say. And then if Connor comes back later in the year, don't be surprised because, let's face it, it's fucking Connor and he's going to do massive pay-per-view numbers if he fights TBC. So you, you've got to just accept that Connor's a pay-per-view guy now. That's the only way mm. the UFC will get Connor to fight. Everyone's going to have to pay pay-per-view, no yeah. matter where you are for Connor. If you're on the fucking moon streaming it, you're going to have to pay for Connor. That's just life. No. But at the moment, there's only Khabib on the table. But the pay-per-view itself, let's talk about Saturday night. Right. Well, on it, you made a great point, and you compared pay-per-view boxing compared to pay-per-view yes. of what you got at the weekend. Now, did you... Or did you not? Now, this, this is for people just listening to this. If you're a boxing fan, did you pay for Tyson Fury versus Tom Schwartz? That's a question for you to answer. Now, you might have found an illegal stream. You might have done whatever you needed to do. But did you mourn at the time that that was on pay-per-view? You may have done. You may not have done. Did you pay for AJ versus Andy Ruiz? Just, a, again, another question for you. Look at the cards there. So if you've paid for that, look at those cards and then compare them to what happened at the weekend. Now, you might think that, well, listen, we do do work for BT, so therefore, you might think that there's a hidden agenda to this. We're taking our BT there is, off at there, this moment in time. Well, the, I'll come on to why there is in a minute. In yeah, terms because of we're going to yeah, we're going to make some programs for you, right? <laughs> right, but we're taking our hat off at this yeah, moment yeah. in time in order to just talk to you straight about this. Because look at what happened at the weekend. Look at the matchups that were on that pay per view, yeah. regardless of the outcome. Yeah, that main card was fucking very good. It was very good. Those five fights were very good. Okay, um, Nunes, Jones, both both strong favourites and both win. However, there was where Thiago Santos was the best contender. 
was the, deserved to be a contender. And Holly Holm's a former champion. Masvidal, Askren going in, don't care who the fuck you are, everyone was split. Blachowicz, Rockhold, everyone was split. Chiesa, Diego, Sanchez, most people were split just because Sanchez was seemed to be in this weird vein of form. Mm. That is a good main card. Is it worth pay-per-view to this market? In terms of fights, yes. However, and this is the point I want to make, if I'd paid, and I'm being honest now, if I'd sat at home, if I was a fan, wasn't a journalist, wasn't involved with UFC at all, I'm just a UFC fan now, and I go, fucking hell, gutted. I've been watching UFC for years. I thought the pay-per-view days were gone. That, that was fucking 10, 15 years ago when I had to pay for it on British TV. Now it's read its ugly head again, but I love John Jones. I love Amanda Nunes. Fucking go on then. I'm going to pay 20 quid for it. Fair enough. And I'm sat at home, stay up all night to watch the pay-per-view. When I watch that pay-per-view, performances aside, when I'm watching it, I'm pissed off I've paid 20 quid now. It would have upset me. And I'll tell you why. Because it was exactly the same content I get when I watch it free on BT Sport. Yeah. And now I know, listen. There's nothing catered to you as a exactly. Brit. Exactly. So, so, listen, I know I'm saying free on BT Sport. We have to pay for BT Sport. Just I, I get that. But what I mean is, I've I already subscribed to BT for, the, for me UFC. Now I've paid extra to BT to watch this one event. Yeah, the event looks exactly the same as what I get over there. All they've done is put it behind a paywall. Still That's the it. American yeah. content, still the FBI yeah. warning at the front, yeah. still like the reads by John Anik going, okay, coming up next on ESPN, the fucking Toronto Raptors are playing, blah, blah. Still getting flash-ups, and this was an issue. Flash-ups going, here's the next pay-per-views from UFC. Yeah. So I'm, as a fan, going, oh, I've, I've fucking got to pay for all them now as well. No, that's that was not content. For you. In any way, for me as a consumer. Now, I accept that when I watch it on my subscription platform, BT. I accept it's just going to be a US feed like everyone else gets. I accept that. It's part of the package. I'm used to it by now. Mm -hmm. I'm used to ignoring the fact this is coming up on ESPN, the Ellen DeGeneres show, whatever. I'm used to ignoring it. But I've paid an extra 20 quid now. I don't want that shit. If I'm paying extra, I want... You to talk to me. So the difference is I've paid for Tyson Fury versus Tom Schwartz and that god-awful undercard which was a terrible pay-per-view. Yeah, it was. Let's be honest. But I fucking love Tyson Fury, so I'm going to get it. You know the difference was? The BT Sport commentary team are there. Yeah. The BT Sport presenters are there. Yeah. The BT Sport present addition something to me, British. I'm familiar with them. I watch boxing on BT Sport all the time. I'm getting interviews now just for me with Tyson Fury. I'm getting build-up shows from Tris Dixon, my mate, who's been out there and done interviews with Tyson Fury, and he's gone and done something with Tom Schwartz. It's just for me. It's not the American feed. It's not a top-ranked thing. It's for me, and I've paid for it. Great. That's what I want. The difference here is I've paid BT Sport, and I'm getting the free ESPN feed. In my mind, that's the normal feed. What am I paying for then? What's the point? Except BT making money. What 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 am I getting back in return? I want I at least want my own. Where's John and where's fucking John and, and Dan, Dan Hardy? Yeah, yeah. Where's where are they catering to, catering to me? That's what I'm getting. I that's that was my big bugbear. And hopefully, listen, you know, from a fan that's my fan's perspective. From a journalist perspective, I agree with me as a fan because I'm like yeah, man, get people on there making shit. And of course, people are going to read between lines and go, yeah, because you and Adam are fishing for fucking some work. Yeah, that, that is probably true. But if, if you'd have paid 20 quid and me and Adam had have popped up there and you'd have got a preview show and a post-fight show and Dan and John on comms and then me and Adam doing a post-fight thing afterwards or doing interviews ringside, and maybe not, you know, fucking throw some other British journalists in there or, or British reporters or just British fighters. Then would it have been worth the extra twenty quid? Because now it's content for me, especially with the sh- with the actual fights they ended up getting. 
Because exactly. the fights were 100% worth pay-per-view. Yeah. As you're watching those fights and you've paid, yeah, you, of course, you're right, you're pissed off. Yeah. And the content, the feeds that are coming your way, all American-based, it's not talking to you. But at the end of the night, at the end of the night when you go to bed, you're going, fucking hell, it will worth 20 quid, that. Of course. That will worth 20 quid. Yes. Because that was fucking unbelievable. Yes. Now, okay, okay. We roll the dice, don't we? We don't know that it's going to be unbelievable every single time we pay our 20 quid. But yeah. we're fight fans. This is the way it is. There are people in the UK that stay up all night and pay pay-per-view to watch wrestling, for fuck's sake. Yeah, I know, yeah, true. And that's going to BT, by the way, as well. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Where do you think it's going? Yeah. It's going behind that paywall, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So listen, we're on board. We're on, We're 100% on board. We understand the frustrations. It's a change. It's a change to your daily lives. It's hitting yeah. you in the pocket. But if you want to see the very best fighters in the world... If you want to see them competing in the best franchise in the world, at some point, they're going to whip the fan in the pocket, aren't they? That's what the that's what the UFC model is built on. That's what they're doing in the States. Yep, that's how they make the money still. And I've no doubt they're charging X, Y, and Z to BT Sports. BT Sports aren't going to do it for free. They're not going to get involved for free. They're providing, actually, on social, they've got some wicked content. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully now, with it going pay-per-view, they're going to do some more wicked content. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. From a fan, you go, okay, BT, you've took an extra 20 quid off me now. What, what do, am I getting? What am I getting in return? Yeah. And that better not be you going and getting the fucking wrestling or better not be you now winning the winning the, the bid to keep, keep the Champions League for another five years. I'm not asked about that. I'm paying for UFC pay-per-view. What do I get for my money, BT? So I want to see BT return on that now. That's all you've got to do, I think. And maybe that will appease fans. Maybe it won't. Maybe fans will always be upset going, fucking hell, we've had it good for years, now well, we've got to start paying for well, shit. That, you, that's you, inevitable. That American feed has caused so much confusion because we've had so many messages over the last two days going, lads, what's the crack with this? Is this on pay-per-view? No, it's not. As Nick's just said, 242. That is the only one that is in the calendar at this moment in time for the British audience on BT Sport to be on pay-per-view. Yeah. Everything else will be normal for you. And even that, with all this backlash and uh, boycott and all this type of rhetoric that's been going on over the last 48 hours or so, they might change their minds. We don't know. I'm not one of the execs there. They might change their minds. They might not, but they might change their minds. Yeah. So that's where we're at at this moment in time regarding that. If they don't change their minds, get the fucking boys out there to make some content. That's it. Keep the Brits happy, man. Come on, man. What are you playing at? (laughs) We know you're listening. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. We know you're listening. Um... Johanna is fighting the Karate Hottie. Now, that's a fight that we need to be at BT Sport, if you want to send us to that. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see, by the way, that uh, Nate Diaz and Khabib were having a little bit of an altercation in the crowd? It didn't kick off, kick off, did it? But Nate don't give a fuck. Why did Nate, right? He he wasn't sat anywhere near that area. Why did Nate and his pals all of a sudden think, I'll tell you what we'll do, we'll walk around the back of Khabib. And he just, he's, he couldn't resist, could he? He's had to say something. He's had to stir something up. Nate Diaz, that's why we love Nate Diaz, isn't it? That's how you make money, though, isn't it? Mm. In this game. I wouldn't be surprised if that rhetoric uh, continues for a, a period of time and we might see those boys in the octagon sometime soon. That's the only way Nate's going to get a title fight is by trying to, trying to swerve his way in, isn't he? But... Mm. Well, we told you that UFC 243, which at this moment in time isn't pay-per-view and we'll be on a wonderful time for uh, British fight fans because it's happening in Australia and the main event is Whitaker versus Adesanya. That's a fight that we all are absolutely giddy about. We can't get enough of it. We want it. I'm thirsty for it. I just hope that Robert Whitaker stays fit, stays healthy and we get to see 
those two uh, get stuck in in that middleweight division. That's the fight I'm most excited about this for the second half of the year. Obviously, I'd love to see Conor come back and fight anybody, but I think Bobby Knuckles against Adesanya, the start of the last Stylebender. Oh my word, that is the one. If I could p- choose any event to be at, that would be the one in Sydney, October the sixth. Listen, we have a few listeners in Sydney as well in Australia. Mm. Anyone's got a sofa there, mind's put, putting the boys up on a sofa. That is the fight sofa? I would love to go to. I want you to give your bed Spare up. room. Give your bed up. Or a boat. If anyone's got a boat in Sydney Harbour, like Darling oh, Harbour. Oh, yes. Mate, that, that, listen, the boys, that's not too shabby for the boys. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. <laughs> Stick us up on your yacht in Darling Harbour. Yes, please. Uh, fights this weekend. And uh, listen, you're going to have to go some this weekend in order to, uh, to top trump what we've just experienced. <laughs> Because this is the worst card I've ever It ain't going to fucking happen, is it? <laughs> this ain't on pay-per-view, by the way. <laughs> Get yourself stuck in. Fill your boots on this this weekend. The, the UFC should be paying us to watch this shit. <laughs> this is not a great fight card, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, Jermaine, the random air is back for the second fight in five years. <laughs> in the main event. <laughs> Mate. Stop it now. Oh, man. You We're can't... just killing our BT contract here. <laughs> <laughs> we just done a lovely pitch there to get on the next pay-per-view. And yeah. Like, <clears throat> yeah. It's, 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 it's not the best. Bringing Uriah Faber out of quasi-retirement to be yeah. in the co-main because it's in Sacramento. Yeah. It, it's not the best UFC card. But you know what? Let's take the piss out of it some more because this will probably deliver yeah. like six fight of the year contenders or some shit like that. The random against undefeated Aspen lad. Uh, Uriah Faber taking on Ricky Simon. Um, I actually like Josh Emmett versus Mirsad Bektic. Yes. I actually like that fight, so I'm not going to throw any shade on that. And your mate, uh, Dariush, is taking on uh, Drakkar Closer. That could actually Nothing be quite Nothing to Dariush is out. Is he out of the fight? He's out the fight. Fucking yeah, yeah. hell. Yeah, he's out, yeah. It's on my list here, the fights that uh, I was looking forward to. So there yeah. you go, I've got one fight to get stuck into this weekend. Emmett versus Bektic. No, get get stuck into Darren Elkins versus Ryan Hall as well. It's right down on the prelims. If you remember, Darren Elkins is the guy that starched Bektic against all the odds when he was getting fucked. When he turned the fight around. He just turned it around with one shot. Mm. Uh, you don't quite know what you're going to get with Darren Elkins. He's a fucking weird dude. But uh, he has been he was on a wicked run. He beat Bektic, beat uh, Dennis Bermudez, beat Michael Johnson. You're like, mate, you're fucking back in the game. But then he lost. he's lost two back-to-back. However, one of those guys was Volkanovski, who, as we know, is a fucking killer. Yeah. And hopefully the next title contender. And hopefully on 2-4-3. Absolutely. Uh, and then he got he lost to Ricardo Lamas, who can fucking beat anybody in this division. So uh, I'm pulling no shade on him there, but Ryan Hall is what he is. Talk about specialists. You know, potentially one of the best jiu-jitsu players in all of UFC right now. Absolute beast. Undefeated, of course. You know what he's going to do, but you just can't fucking stop him from doing it. So, But Darren Elkins is a live wire, man. So I'm excited for that fight just to see Ryan Hall again. Can he do what he's done to everybody else? And that's just fucking literally tied him up in a knot. Or will Elkins be able to out-MMA him? But mm. uh, yeah, man, I'm excited. be interesting to see where Jermaine Durandame is at, right? Because will it? Yeah, it will, because I got excited about Durandame. I got giddy, and then she fucking shat her pants and wouldn't, si- and wouldn't fight Cyborg, and they ended up taking a belt off her because yeah. of that reason. And she's what she had one fight last year, one fight the year before. I don't think she's fought since November. November, yeah. Something like that. And now she's taking on Aspen Lad. Listen, it isn't a fight. Listen, you're watching it the day after. You ain't staying up for it, are you? Durandame versus Aspen Lad, I've got to be honest. <sighs> Go on, be honest. I'd struggle to watch that if it was on prelims. 
you know that's, what I mean? That's tough. That's uh, harsh, listen, that, I, I, you are brutal. I like Aspen Lad, the potential she's got, but she's just starting out in the game, man. And Jermaine Durandame, does anyone give a fuck about her? I do. I hope. Come on. Listen, we've just been speaking about depth of divisions and it's just not there. No, I know. Yeah. Jermaine, come on, be amazing. And then Nunes can come and give you a good idea. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's where I'm at. Yeah. Durand May, I, I think you're right. If Durand, if Durand May makes a bit of a statement because she was the featherweight champion, even though she gave the belt up um, after she beat Holly Holm, Jermaine Durand May, if she looks good this Saturday, will probably get the next shot. And Amanda Nunes, if if Aspen Lad beats her, and I want Aspen Lad to beat her, I'd rather Aspen Lad won. Mm. Um, Why is Faber- Aspen Lad ain't gonna fight Nunes anytime soon? No, hopefully, no, 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 fucking no. hell, she's a baby. Why is Faber coming back? Sacramento. Is that it? Yeah. Just because he's at home, he just wants to put his uh, gloves in the octagon and walk away. I genuinely think it, it's just a it's just a one last fight. Well, if I'm gonna go out, um, I may as well go out against you know in my hometown. You know, he hasn't fought since he beat Brad the night Brad retired as well. Yeah. Um, 2016. So, um, and what is he now? 40, 41 years of age. He's uh, oh, sorry, Brad. Fought, Brad lost to Marlon Vila, didn't he? That's London. right. Yeah, yeah. But Brad came back just for London to have that sign off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think exactly the same things happening here. I think Faber's just thinking, you know what? Sacramento has been good to me. Um, I'll have if I'm going to retire, I'll retire in Sacramento. So, but they threw him a, a bit of a shark in Ricky Simon now as well because he's a fucking beast. So Ricky Simon won't give two fucks that Uriah's quasi retired so bit of mind last time you seen your Uriah compete he was getting fucking tied up and not by Nicky Ryan um there you go then we're all, we're always honest uh, on this show yeah just tune into us next week if you want the results for that card because I doubt that you're gonna uh, uh, get stuck into it I'm watching the boxing so <laughs> you'll have to run through it <laughs> There is quite a lot going on in the world of boxing. So head over there now, because I know you came here first. I know you came to this show first. I know that you did your week back to back to front this week. You came for this, and now you're going to flip over to the boxing. We are going to go and preview a little bit of Dubois, Gorman, and uh, I met Joe Joyce on that card as well. All right? So get yourself stuck in. Thank you very much for listening to us. You can follow us. iTunes is the place to go to for subscriptions. Uh, you're looking for Fight Disciples. Uh, you can get our Android feeds as well all over our website. If you need Spotify and the like, it's all there. Uh, fightdisciples.com. At Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. Do you want to give them a woohoo? Woohoo! I thought you would. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.